Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman. With me this week is Joe Lupton. It's been a while, Joe, since we've been together on this. It uh, has. The band's so. back together. What are we going to talk about? I guess we're going to talk about this issue of resiliency against the backdrop of building drags. And I think in some ways we see both of them this week. So why don't you just jump into this and talk about what, what we learned this week? <laughs> why are you laughing? That's, that's, that's quite a setup, Bruce. <laughs> You've outdone yourself this week. Um, I mean, look, I think, uh, you know, in terms of the, my sense is that the headwinds are getting bigger and I would worry a bit more about some of the sense of the resilience. So the, the headwinds start in China and um, and there, I think the data was, was pretty disappointing. We've been looking for things to be uh, ugly there and they were even more ugly, right? So IP contracting 7%, we thought it was gonna be down 4%, retail sales down close to 10%. Uh, we've, we, we've already slashed the forecast for current quarter GDP in China to minus one and a half. Uh, I'd say the risks are well below that at this point. And, and, and the thing that we've been grappling with, certainly you and me, and we've been bugging our team about is that we haven't really touched the rest of the, the global outlook in response to this China downgrade. And I think there should be a shoe to drop there. And, and on that front, I think you are starting to see some, some cracks in the Asian trade data. So you saw a soft, um, uh, data out of Japan on, on exports. Uh, Taiwan export orders are starting to show some some softness. Um, and so I think I think there will be a shock from that. But then of course, if you're just saying broadly about the data flow, things aren't looking so bad. Yeah, you should kind of also give the other side of this, which is I think that the resiliency part in the face of the drags also comes through and obviously the u.s data was first and foremost on that on that side yeah i mean we had a uh i mean we had a strong retail sales report but then for the front month but then when it was coupled with the upward revision to the back month which was was very strong i think it was over a percentage point um you know that that really gives you some some strong momentum and talks about the health of the consumer. I would say, and maybe this is going to set us up for more of a just kind of a, a existential debate of where we are, Bruce. But I I mean that's fine, that's backward looking. But a lot of that was the cushioning from the saving rate, and we've been saying that the saving rate has more room to go down given a sense of the the excess saving that has been built up, but. I think there's some some growing concerns of how much that's going to happen. I think when you get a little more granular into some of the cards data that we have here at the bank, it's suggesting some more stress at the kind of the middle and lower income household level. And then I think the thing that really kind of rattled me this week is from our energy team suggesting that with while oil prices have come down, crack spreads have, have moved out uh, in a world where refined products are finding it difficult to make it to market. And boy, Natasha's pointing to $6 a gallon on, on <laughs> gasoline this summer. That is a, That is just a real kind of shock to the outlook if that happens. I think uh, there's no doubt of the the risks that are building and and one of them is of course the fact that product prices in 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 the energy space keep moving up uh there's also no doubt that the china uh 
hit, which has been very large, uh, will um, spill over. And I think global industry is just about to get a, you know, a hit here. Uh, I don't think it's right to say that the China drop in April is any more forward-looking than the U.S. strength in consumer spending, nor is it wrong, right to exclude the momentum that you see in European labor markets, the mobility rise in, in the um, European region, which looks like uh, a reopening boost is in the pipeline. It's about balancing these things. And I would agree with you that as we've gone through the last month or or so, the balance is shifting in a negative way. But I don't want to ignore the idea that there's a uh, an underlying resiliency which has helped us here. And and but and I think that Bruce, that's to... what's been that that has been our story. And I I don't disagree with that. And I can say maybe I've tempered some of my enthusiasm. That's partly because I was probably super enthusiastic on the fundamentals, and that's coming off a a, a little bit. But it's still there. You're right, Bruce. But I guess I would take issue with the idea that the data on kind of past consumption is just as forward looking as a projected collapse in in China activity. No, no, I'm not I'm not talking I'm talking about April data in China, April data in the US. Which one is more forward looking? I think the signal that we're getting on what's happening in China coming from that data is making me more worried about the spillover, which has not been put into our forecast anywhere. I 100 percent agree with you there. No problem. Right. Um, and then when because, I say, OK, yes, that is not incorporated in our forecast. And that when, was when surprise. I when but I the see signal of the the signal of the underlying resiliency and not just in the retail spending stuff in the control, but also in what it's telling us about services. That's real, too. And that's going to continue to be in place. Uh, both of these well, things matter. Well, that's that... just arguing the point by by, <laughs> by assertion, right? You're saying it's going to continue to be in place, but I, I don't I don't know that. That's the question. Is that in a world where purchasing power is going to get absolutely hammered if Natasha's call is right, um, you know, is something going to break? And yeah, we have a call of, of resilience, but every week it feels like the headwinds gets a little bit more intense. And this week it was China and a sense of these uh, these refined product prices on, on energy that was not on my radar screen um, to this extent, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So let's let's talk about uh, something else here, which is um, China policy. Uh, the um, the dynamics on growth have been, you know, quite scary in terms of the move in March and April. And, you know, we did see some easing in, in policy rates for mortgage uh, lending uh, this week. But thus far, it still feels like they're quite incremental and, and quite behind the curve if they really do want to uh, help support growth. What What's the right way to interpret what, what's going on in China policy? Well, we should first be clear that there's actually two incredibly conflicting policies, right? Because zero COVID is a policy choice, and that's what's driving the, the downturn. And then they're using policies to try to cushion that. And the problem is, is the nature of the of the uh, of the adverse policy, I mean, adverse from a macro perspective, um, you know, is that it it kind of prevents demand of, of any sort and production of, of any sort at the extreme. And so if you say lower mortgage rates, I mean, 
well, that's great, but people aren't getting out to buy houses if they're kind of locked in their apartments. People aren't getting out to buy cars if they're locked in their apartments. People can't go out and build even infrastructure projects if you feel like that's going to ramp up if construction workers are locked in their apartments. So that I think that's a challenge. Now, what's happening now is you've seen cases come off, and there's no doubt you're going to get a reopening bounce from this. But what I, I think the, the optimists kind of forget is the reason cases are coming down is because of the lockdowns. And if they maintain a zero COVID policy, cases will pick back up and we're going to be right back here again in a couple months. So I, I just think you go through this kind of up and down uh, motion over the course of this year until China reassesses the zero COVID policy and, and, and I guess ultimately tolerate some some turn up in the the some of the more negative ramifications of building to this endemic phase so um let's turn to next week so we're going to get further information on this test next week we're going to get uh flash pmis we're also going to get us uh, uh data durables we're going to get consumption uh uh from the us i mean what's the message we're going to get from there well I think on the, the the PMIs, and these will be the flash PMIs, right? So it's just the DM. I'm I'm actually very interested to see the the Asian PMIs that are going to come out in two weeks, uh, given this the spillover concerns. But I think you will start to see a, a sense that things are slowing, as you, as as you kind of noted up front. You know, global industry is probably going to slow quite significantly, maybe even kind of flatline over the course of this quarter, or just just edge up a little bit. And, um, you know, part of that's going to be the the drag from China, but even ex-China, I think you could see kind of some softish numbers. So the PMI should start to reflect that. And if you look at what our team is forecasting, it's it's kind of it's um, drawdowns in the in the manufacturing output PMIs. I think actually Europe we might be up a little bit, but that's partly because Germany fell so much. And and maybe this is a testament to to what your your kind of somewhat more um, confidence in the in the resilience is that there is some reopening taking place in German industry, particularly in the auto sector, uh, and and maybe some of the the, the PMIs will will flag uh, some of that. On the on the consumer side, I think it's just a sense as again to your point that. The service side of the uh, for the consumers is actually picking up, and that's going to be not just a U.S. story, but we should see that across Europe as well, where you know the the reopening and the and the pullback in the lockdowns, uh, you know, all of that. I think uh, does that that's your ace in the hole. I think for the for the resiliency uh, point, so you should see some of that there in the data as well. Yeah, and I think we we should um, probably wrap it up here, but I think in, a, in an underlying sense the the hit to manufacturing, I think, is pretty clear. And the idea that global growth is probably going to be weighed down by that is clear. I think ultimately, especially if we're talking about risks of recession, which is really a lot of where the conversation is going here, uh, the key issue is whether or not you get uh, the drags build enough so that it takes a corporate sector that is still in very solid mode in terms of uh, hiring and spending to really reverse. I, I think that's an unlikely event. And I do think what we'll see next week is some balance between those drags building and manufacturing and some of the underlying supports that are still in place elsewhere. 
Uh, so let's hold our fingers crossed. And Bruce, uh, I'm actually a little surprised that what we've argued about probably the most this week is the the Fed response to all this. But maybe that's uh, that's for another conversation, I guess, because I think that is pretty pretty central and uh, certainly in kind of market participants in terms of what they're what they're thinking here. Well, I think we we um, we should take this in another space because it's going to be too long. But I don't think either of us would argue that the Fed's going to do anything but tighten 50 basis points at the next two meetings. So in terms of the near term part of this, I don't think there's really much to debate in terms of the Fed, the Fed reaction function. Uh, where they'll be later this year and where the economy is going to be later this year and how how that will play out in terms of whether we'll give them tough choices or not, we can we can have that conversation um, sometime later. So let's leave it for now. But thanks, everybody, for putting up with us <laughs> and hope that we can continue this conversation next week on JP Morgan TV. Take care.